Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. So today I got to be honest with you, and I think you have to be honest with yourself, right? There are a lot of people who do not believe or trust doctors. And I want to talk about it. I want to give some reasons that I think like people don't trust doctors and kind of get my rationale behind it. So the last couple of weeks, I was at different conferences, business related conferences, entrepreneur related conferences, and the amount of people who started a business or made a pivot in their life based off a decision or a direction from a doctor. Like, you know, I don't trust this guy. I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't trust what she's telling me. I'm going to go get a second opinion. The amount of people who said that I kept persevering despite what a doctor told me was kind of mind-blowing. Now, mind you, doctors don't typically go to conferences like this, so I can understand why people can kind of feel freely to talk about it. But of course, being a doctor uh, in the building, it's kind of like a little punch in the gut because it was so common and it was so many different facets of life that I said, you know what? I need to start looking to see what is going on here. Like what is happening that is causing people to say, you know what? I don't trust that doctor. And because I don't trust that doctor, I'm not going to listen to that doctor. I'm not going to follow the direction of the doctor for either good or bad, right? Like that's what's happening, right? So I think first and foremost, we have to start, and those who know me, you know we have to start. I think number one is this aspect of misinformation just on the internet. I think what happens a lot of times because we are, it's so readily accessible. Information is so readily accessible. You hear people say all the time, Google, 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 or, you know, Dr. Google. You hear that term all the time. And because information is accessible to everyone and it's free for most part, you can have an instance where misinformation will lead you away from those who are in the professional business. Like, hey, you know what? I just, you know, I just did this. I looked at this AI program and now I know how to get out of my ticket. Guess what? I don't trust the lawyer. Hey, I looked at this website and I put my symptoms down and I knew exactly what I had and I knew exactly how to treat it and it worked. Boom. You know, but the doctor told me it was something different. There you go. So you have this aspect of, hey, yes, I can find credible information that does me good. But on the flip side, you can have information that steers people away. Of course, obviously, when we talk about a pandemic, when we talk about the fact that there are people who were you know, taking dewormer medication, uh, vitamins, supplements, all these other things to try to avoid an obvious treatment when we talk about COVID vaccines, like, there you go. You have this aspect of misinformation kind of running ahead of the game, which then causes people to say, you know what? I don't care what that doctor told me. I'm going to go in this direction here, right? So I definitely think that's an instance. Negative media bias. I think it's important to understand that for the most part, doctors aren't really put in a great light the majority of the time. And I've talked about this where you have a healthcare industry that when we talk about, you know, physicians and then healthcare workers, nurses and everything else from a cost standpoint, probably make up the smallest percentage of costs. 
But when we talk about healthcare costs and administration and insurances and hospitals and corporations alike who make up the lion's share of the funds, still people will say, you know what? It's the doctors that are costing me too much money. It's the doctors that are um, making it that my insurance is through the roof and I can't afford my healthcare insurance or my hospital bill is through the roof. It's the doctors. So unfortunately, doctors have been put on the front line of a lot of negative media attention associated with healthcare. And unfortunately, it's something that hasn't seemed to improve, hasn't seemed to change, if you ask me. Now, obviously, I want to pivot from the media and the misinformation, and we have to put some blame where some blame is deserved. Let's talk about our lack of FaceTime. Now, of course, I know there's reasons. I know there's reasons behind it. But if I take off of work or take a half day off of work because I have to go to an appointment to see my doctor, and by the time I, you know, get up, go to, go to the doctor's office, sit in the doctor's office, you know, wait till they call me to the back room, go to my waiting room and wait to see the doctor. And when the doctor finally comes in, their face is in front of a computer and not really looking at me, I'm going to likely have a problem as well. And because of tech, I guess technology is great. But what technology has done is that it's taken away the face-to-face -face time that we have with our doctors. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee-deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. And used, it used to be a great conversation. The doctor-patient relationship used to be amazing when we actually spoke to each other. But unfortunately, because of the red tape, and I, yes, I know there is red tape there. I know there's insurances. I know there is EMRs. I know there are the need to see more patients because they're paying you less and less per patient. I understand that. But if I'm the patient, which again, I, I, even though I'm a doctor, I'm still the patient. I still go to a doctor. I still get my yearly checkups. When I'm the patient, like I want to know that the person who's supposed to take care of me can have a great conversation with me, doesn't have their head buried in a computer or looking at their notes and not paying attention to me. So I think it's important. Yes, um, there's some you know financial and technological barriers that are playing a factor, but the lack of face-to-face -face time has played a significant role in how we take care of our patients. And again, just another reason why people don't trust the doctor. And can we talk about how unfortunate the political influence is that's played a role again in why people don't believe what we say or don't trust what we say? Obviously, again, the easiest benchmark is what's happened with COVID-19, what's happened with masking, what's happened with, you know, hey, social distancing and those recommendations. And we've seen not only a medical and clinical divide, but we saw a political divide. There are a lot, because again, there's a lot of physicians on both sides of the aisle or three sides if you count the independents, who essentially because of the side of their political influence say, you know what, I'm rocking with this recommendation or I'm rocking with that recommendation here. 
And if you're a patient who doesn't know any better, but you're looking for the healthcare providers, you know, the leaders of the healthcare force or supposed leaders to make a stand and make the correct stand for the patient in mind, you wouldn't think that their political influence would play a factor. I sit in doctor's lounges all the time and I hear people because of whoever the president is say one thing about one thing and say one thing about another. So I understand that if your political influence can influence you to act a certain way when you're outside of medicine, best believe, and even though I know doctors will try to tell you that they do a great job of it, they don't, best believe that that political influence is gonna infect how they take care of the patients in front of them. Extremely important uh, reason why I don't think people you know, really believe us anymore. And this is a new one. <laughs> and I think this wasn't an issue when I was a medical student because when I was a medical student, there weren't a lot of doctors online. There weren't a lot of doctors on social media. We were definitely afraid of it to the point where when I would go on social media, especially because at the time I was blogging, you know, my 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 uh, administration and my, my teachers would be like, hey, you know, watch what you're saying on there. Don't say anything crazy. Of course, for me, it made common sense. Like, yeah, why would I say anything crazy online? But we saw time and time again where, you know, the behavior of physicians online on social media has put us in such a negative light, has put us in such a negative light that, again, if you're a patient from across the aisle, you're like, hold on. This is how my doctor acts like when he's not in the office with me. Yeah, I got to go see someone else or yeah, I'm not going to trust what, what they're, they got to tell me. So you're seeing like, yes, because before we used to be kind of encased in our office. Our office was our cocoon and, you know, we were uh, in our best behavior. But once we turn that phone on and now with social media and all of these platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and you're just seeing how your doctor acts differently online, your patient is going to look at you differently when they see you in that office, even if you don't want to believe it, right? So an extremely important reason. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, with another commercial break for the Lunch and Learn community members. If you've been asking, hey, you know what, what can I do to get more involved with the Lunch and Learn community? What can I do to get more involved with Dr. Barry? I got something for you. This year, we have launched the Lunch and Learn Patreon community where you get access to a private Discord, access to live Q&As. Depending on the tier you select, you can even become a producer on the show and choose your next topic that you want to hear and even suggest guests. So I want you to do right now after listening to this episode, of course, is join me at drbarrypierre.com slash Patreon. Check out the different tiers and join me in our private discord today. And if you've been following me, I shouldn't have to add this point, but there's historical reasons why people don't believe us. I'm a black physician. There are historical reasons why black patients do not trust the healthcare system. There are historical reasons why minority patients don't trust the healthcare system. There are historical reasons why women don't trust the healthcare system because we have done them wrong over and over and over again. And even when we fast forward to the year 2023, like we're not talking about Henrietta Lacks, Tuskegee and everything else. Even in the year 2023, where we have a maternal death rate for black women at a significant higher rate uh, than white women. Why? Like there, there are 
countless reasons. Hey, because I'm black, for some reason, I may not feel pain as much. These are medical students who are going to be physicians thinking, hey, you know what? If that person is black, I don't think they hurt as much as someone who is white. This is a problem we are still facing to this day. So when we have like, oh, why don't they believe us? Why they don't trust us? We got some historical baggage that we still have to unload. And we're like, let me tell you, I don't want people to forget it. That's one thing for sure. I don't want people to say and like act like it never happened because it happened. Like it was the foundation of medicine to treat minorities, especially black patients, bad and wrong. But we have to build upon that. And fortunately, when you have other healthcare professionals, more culturally competent professionals, more black professionals, especially physicians uh, in the arena, less and less of that happens. But there's still systemic reasons why, you know, certain cultures are affected by diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, cancer at a much more significant rate than other cultures. Those, those are systemic factors that play a role. And again, if you're looking for a reason not to trust a system Best believe that if I look in the history of that system and that system has done me wrong historically, guess what? I got another reason. I don't even need any more. I don't need any more reasons. If historically I can look back and see, hey, this is how you treated us. And because you treated us this way with the vaccines, right, with medications, with treatment, with diagnosis, with assessments, because you treated us this way, guess what? You know what? I'm not rocking with you. So again, Again, we, we got some we got some work to do, I can assure you. But it's not it's not unfounded why someone may say, you know what, I just don't trust my doctor. And let's talk about this lack of representation. We know studies have shown us over and over again, even though I think common sense, you know, depends. Well, we won't say that. Common sense will tell you that if you don't have the representation, you can't look at yourself and say, hey, you know what, I can see myself right there. The trust isn't gonna be there. We know that uh, races, if you keep a patient who has the same race or same gender, they're more likely to trust their healthcare professional. But what do you do when 13% of your population is black, but only 4% are physicians? So the likelihood that you are going to be taken care of by, especially if you're black, by a black physician as a pediatrician, as your adult physician, as your possible surgeon, as your car, like the likelihood that that's going to happen is so low, right? You have reasons to say, you know what? I don't know, right? And obviously that kind of goes back to historical relevance, right? Relevance where we say, you know what? They didn't let us in these medical schools. They didn't let us in the colleges, right? And there's still systemic practices that make it difficult for us to even rise when we talk about elementary school, middle school, high school, undergrad, like there's still like historical and systemic issues that are affecting the pipeline, but a sheer lack of representation, I can assure you as to the fact that, you know what, they just don't believe what we said. I remember as a physician, especially during the pandemic, when I would get on platforms like Clubhouse, TikTok, YouTube, and talk about COVID and talk about COVID vaccine and talk about the treatments and talk about masking. I had some people say, you know what? You're trying to push it on our community. You're trying to push this thing on a community. Again, that's where that historical, right, significance of, hey, you know what? Is this something that they're trying to push just on our community? But no, what had happened was it was someone from the community saying, hey, you should do this. And people weren't used to it. And because they weren't used to it, they felt that, you know what, there has to be, there has to be some political influence. There has to be some money. There has to be some other reason except the fact that they want to take care of me. 
So I think it's extremely important uh, and you'd, we'd, we'd be we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that because the representation is not there, it makes it so much easier for someone to say, I don't trust a doctor. To the point where, especially when we're talking about doctors, especially when we're talking about black physicians, Hispanic physicians, Indian physicians, Asian physicians, we usually have to kind of add that caveat. Because if I just say doctor, likely in someone's head, they're not going to think about a black physician. And that's what's probably sad more than anything else. Likely in their head, they're not going to think about a Hispanic physician. Right. Likely they're not going to think about it. They're not going to think about these things because the standard in their eyes and a lot of people's eyes is that the physician is likely going to be white, likely going to be male. Right. So these are, again, just hurdles that I know within our system, we are going to continue to have to hump over, jump over, break down if we want to bring bring that trust back. That's all I want. I want to bring the trust back over here, y'all. It's tough. It's tough when you know that you. I can look online and say, you know what, what are the reasons why people don't trust doctors? And I can just see a whole bunch that's come out here. When I can go to a conference and I see all the people say, I didn't trust my doctor. I didn't believe my doctor. Why would I believe a doctor? Like they, like it's one of those things where again, another gun punch every time I hear it. All right, docs, I got, I gotta say it. I gotta be honest. <laughs> the big reason why a lot of patients don't trust us, why a lot of the communities don't trust us, is we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to talk to our patients. We don't know how to say, hey, you know what? I see you have a problem. How can I help you? We have been taught systemically to say, hey, you have this problem. Take this medication. Take this and call me in the morning. Like that's how we've been taught. And our patients are listening to us and they're seeing like, you know what? This doctor doesn't fit me. I've talked about this a lot is where I talk about the doctor-patient relationship. In fact, I may do a whole video on it, right? The doctor-patient relationship has been broken for a long time because for a long time, it was one way. It was do what I say, and then I'll see you in two weeks or I'll see you in a month. And for patients, they're like, okay, cool. And then the internet came around and then it became more accessible to get information out there. And they're like, you know what? Doc, like I hear what you said, but I read here and here comes the doctor. No, 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 no. I don't care what you read. I don't want to hear what you said. Just do what I say. So the patient's like, hold on. I'm an adult. Especially if I, I take care of adults, right? I'll just assume that. I'm an adult. I can read. I, I see other options. How come I can't try the other options? And as physicians, we have not been taught to how to properly communicate in every situation, in every different type of patient. It's the reason why you can go to one doctor and say, oh my God, that is the best doctor ever. And your friend goes to that same doctor and your friend's like, nah, they didn't even talk to me. I didn't like the way they talked to me. I'm going to see someone else. Because as, and, and I don't blame the physician, I don't blame the patient because the patient isn't the one who should have to adjust in the doctor-patient relationship. It should be the doctor who has to adjust. If you have a patient who is okay with, hey, take this instructions and do it, Cool. But if you have a patient who wants to kind of meet you halfway and say, hey, but what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You can't hit that patient with a roadblock. And say, ah, I don't know. If, ah, difficult patient, difficult patient. Right. We hear that all the time. If you have a patient who hey, we call them Dr. Google, who's Googled, who's brought in WebMD, who say, hey, you know, I've been reading. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. What do you think about that? Like, I think I want to do this here. You as a physician need to help the patient. Hey, I see that you read these sites over here probably not some good ones. Go ahead, read these sites over here and let's come to an understanding. Like you have to be able to adjust on the fly. 
As a hospital physician, I take care of patient after patient after patient after patient. And not one patient is alike, I can assure you. So if not one patient is alike, I can't treat patient A like I treat patient E, right? I can't treat patient on the first floor like I treat patient on the 10th floor. It, it's not going to work, right? And patient on the 10th floor is going to swear I'm the best doctor ever. Patient on the first floor is going to be like, get this dummy out of here. I don't want to see this doctor. Like, we have to be able to recognize when our communication styles isn't fit for the patient. And we have to adjust. The patient doesn't have to adjust. We have to adjust if our goal is to take care of the patient, right? Because again, remember, our goal is bring the trust back. Now, docs, you know I would not leave you guys off on the hook like that. Like, we have to talk about these third parties who are in our business, stopping us from being able to take care of the patient and then allowing the blame to get put on us. These insurance companies, these healthcare uh, uh, agencies, all of these things that are like middlemen in the way of us taking care of the patient play such a significant role. When you want to describe this medication, prescribe this medication here, but the insurance company is like, nah, that's not in their formula. Grab this other medication here. When you want to order this diagnostic imaging because you're concerned, hey, you know, this patient might have cancer or something. And the insurance company is like, no, order this one right here. When your EMRs are saying, hey, you need to ask this, 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 and this. But because you have to ask all of these questions, your head is buried in the sand. And now you can't even look at your patient, right? Again, lack of face-to-face. -face, and now... Patients like, doc didn't even look at me. I was there for like, I've been I've been here half a day. I'm already running late from going back from lunch. Doc 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 was typing the waste, right? Because the EMR says, hey, you gotta hurry up. Hey, you gotta get to the next patient. Hey, you gotta like make sure you fill all in the blanks first uh, so you can bill accordingly. Like this is what's happened. So there are a lot of third party uh industries industries again I, I tell you all the time the physician pen is one of the most expensive pens because they hold up offices they hold up insurance companies there are insurance companies like blue cross and aetna and human all these these are billion dollar companies and all they are are middlemen that's all they are an insurance company is a middleman that says hey you know what i'm gonna pay this doctor this price and i'm gonna collect this money off the patient that's all they are and they make billions of dollars a year. But if you ask the you ask the patient, oh, it's a doctor, right? Doctor spending us all the money. The doctor's all, all the doctor does is golf and doesn't talk to me, and doesn't respect me, and doesn't and and that's why I don't trust them. So I and so docs, you know, I had to do it. I had to I had to leave it because I didn't want to leave it all on us. But I want us to recognize that the stuff I talked today, some of that is really on us. Some of that really is us that needs to, you know, look at ourselves in the mirror. So I want to know how how you think, right? So again, if you're if you're on my YouTube channel, make sure you hit the comment. I want to comment reasons why you don't trust your doctor. Give me some examples. You, my podcasters, you already know what to do, right? <laughs> Leave us a comment. Drop, come to our website, right? Send me an email, whatever it is, right? Like so, stay tuned, man. Again, uh, I just had to. I just had to obviously get those thoughts off my chest. Again, remember, we are switching it up, right? We're It's going to be a lot of just kind of personal discussion on what healthcare is and the relationship of healthcare and you, because that's what's important. I think right now, you guys, right, the patients have been taken out of the equation and everything else has been the focus. 
But my goal is to make sure you guys get refocused uh, back in this system of healthcare to take care of you. Remember, empower yourself for better health. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.